in the dead of night, as people sleep, that is when the spirits creep. As the bell tolls three, dark things take power. We like to call it the supernatural hour. started welcome to the supernatural hour i'm your host raven this is doc chad here i'm rogue and we are super excited to be podcasting again it's, i don't know why we i mean we put out a new podcast every two weeks but it feels like it's been forever since we've podcasted last and i don't understand why it hasn't been any different than than every other two weeks i week just love time. you so much i missed you i'm glad you're all here Oh, even though we're missing one today. Yeah, we have to excuse Klaus. He's just got some stuff going on that he needs to take care of, but he will be back. Love you, buddy. And the studio is getting a little bit larger, so I kind of think it feels a little different in here this time. We did. We expanded. I like it. We went out and got more sound blankets. I like it. And we've increased the attic of despair size by, what, 30% maybe? Yeah, I'd say 30%. About a third. Do you notice something's missing? We took down our tapestries. We have a Supernatural Hour tapestry, and we have our Advanced Paranormal tapestry, but we took them down to use them. I'm getting there. To use them in our booth that we had at the Cedar Hills Family Fun Festival. The triple F. Probably not what they call it. (laughs) No, but we could start. But we should. The triple F. You're going to be the triple F? I'm going to be the triple F. Oh, yeah. So we had a... um, F cubed? Oh, maybe. We could get all fans. If you want to pull in the the nerds, you can go with F cubed. (laughs) Just, you know, go to your audience, right? So we had a float in the parade, and I wouldn't call it a float. We had an entry in the parade. Float, float conjures little colored poofs that you glue to little flowers and stuff. stuff. And it wasn't that? No. We had a truck, and we had our name. We've got our name and our logo on magnets, great, you know, the great big car magnets I had on either side. We had our reapers in the back. Um, so what are our reapers? They're reapers. There's three floaty skeletal reapers. If you want to see it, you're going to have to head on over to um, Facebook. That's right, because you went Facebook Live for that event, Ooh. didn't you? Yes, and I need to, we did a Facebook Live, and then I wonder I, I wonder if that's short enough to put on TikTok. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to see if I can put that up on TikTok. But um, it was pretty fun, and the, the interesting thing that we didn't put together, we had a booth later in the park after the parade, but we had a lot of people come to our booth because they saw us in the parade. Yeah, nothing screams fun like Reapers in the back of a truck, right? Exactly. Family fun festival. And we threw out candy. With a headstone on the front of the truck. Yeah, we threw up we threw out candy for about the first fourth of the parade. Yeah. But there was a hell of a lot of candy for that fourth. <laughs> we had a lot of candy. We had some youngsters that were very excited to throw out candy. Oh, yeah. And they they very enthusiastically threw out the candy in the first quarter of the parade double fistfuls there's like nobody even lined up and they're just 
dump the, the this first out. quarter of the parade, there weren't very many people, and that's where all the candy got dumped. So if you were at the Cedar Hills Parade and you were in the first quarter of the parade, you made candy bank. That's right. Probably had a pillowcase. It would have been like better than a Halloween haul, I think, <laughs> in like three minutes. Because there was a ton of candy. A ton of candy. We don't go skimpy on our candy, folks. If we're in the parade, if you're in the first quarter, you're going to get a lot of candy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good times. I my kids were there. They were the ones throwing out fistfuls of candy. Uh, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they said that they they thought that was a lot of fun. I don't think they've ever been in a parade before. So right. And I I thought you know what the last three quarters of the parade didn't get candy, but the kids throwing the candy had a ton of fun. So and the last what? three quarters of the parade didn't know that they didn't get no. candy. They just thought we were. Cheap. They just held up like tombstones and waved. That's what the kids ended up doing for the other three-fourths of the parade and hey people waved back the kids loved it and did you have ghostbusters playing that whole time uh we played thriller for about the first half because i was driving and trying not to run over children so i couldn't troubleshoot the uh the sound in the back so it was like thriller on a loop for the first half and then somebody changed the song and it went to ghostbusters for the second half pretty cool uh the kids asked if we were going to do this again probably not sure when or where, but I think we'll definitely do it again. It was a, a probably next blizzard. year here. At least next year here, if not somewhere else. All right. That is Later if they invite us back. So we also had our Wisps member Denise was able to come, and Denise and some of the older kids passed out some little flyers along the route. So all in all, it was a it was a good time. Sure upped our subscriber numbers on yes, YouTube. Yep, bumped it up to we're ninety four. Six more folks. If we can get six more. We are golden, and we can have a cool name. We can get a real YouTube channel name. Yep. Six more people. I'm sure y'all got, like... Don't you have six kids? <laughs> I was about to say, just create a account for each of your kids, man. It'll be fine. You'll be good. <laughs> YouTube kids, subscribe to Advanced Paranormal. Why not? Yes, exactly. It's a cute little ghost. Looks friendly. Yeah, it's got headphones on. Yes. Okay, for the business, um, the Barbary Coast... Uh, Investigation is coming up on June nineteenth. It'll go. It's a witching hour investigation. It goes from one thirty a.m. until four. So if you're like me and you need to have this spelled out for you, because like my brain runs on unicorn dust most of the time, it's like late, 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 late Friday night, early, early Saturday morning, one o'clock in the morning, one thirty. And at the time of the podcast that we're that we're recording this, there are only ten tickets left. So if you want to jump on that, um, go out. I hope they'll be there um, if you want to come. But it's going to be an exciting time. We're going to have some good food, and we're going to have a good investigation. It's, it's an active uh, venue, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're also working on an investigation for July for Wheeler Farm. We don't have all of the details on that, but that's our plans. We'll be doing something in July. Okay, and we're having a, a patron insider uh, question and answer Zoom meeting on June 18th at 7 p.m. Um, we'll have a chance to talk with our patrons about the different things we want to do. So if you want to be part of that Zoom meeting, um, become a patron. That would be great. So you can just go out to patron.com, Supernatural Hour, and become a patron if you want to be part of that, yeah, it's gonna that be meeting. Fun. And what day are we doing that? That's going to be June 18th at 7 p.m. That's Friday. Rogue's over here putting it in the, the We're going to do that June 18th? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's the same day that... Is that not the day that we're going to That night we'll do it. Yeah. But that's that's at 1 in the morning. So there I will see. be a big, big time difference. It'll go for like from 7 to 8 and then... All right. Okay. So, Rogue, what do you got for residentials? Okay. 
had to put the calendar down. <laughs> All right. We had a couple of fun residentials. Um, we had a residential in Utah County. And at this residential, we found a child carrier underneath the crawl space. And with thermal imaging, we were able to see a baby, a figure of a baby in this carrier that's been in a crawl space. It's phenomenal. Uh, check it out on TikTok. We've got the pictures out there. And they didn't know they had a cr- baby carrier in their crawl space. They didn't know where the carrier came from. They had seen it there, but they didn't know where it came from. Yeah, they didn't have children. They lived with um, their father, who was elderly. Yeah. And, I mean, not elderly, elder, elderly, but not... Didn't have car he seats would, around. didn't have a car seat around. <laughs> right. They didn't have much and younger then, siblings they were unaware of. <laughs> right. And then about this crawl space, they had to go get a hammer to take the nails out because they had the door nailed shut. So it's not like someone could just go, hey, we need to, to dump this car seat. Let's go stick it in here. Um, and it was all, I mean, it was dirt. There was mud and slush. Like, it's just, it's not a place you hung out. Um it, it was gross. It was gross. Was there a bunch of other stuff in there or just kind of the car seat? Just kind of the car seat. Um, their heater, Weird. their furnace was down there. So that's why anybody would go down there. So you could see, you could go right to the furnace. So, yeah, just a and typical then, crawl space. I mean, there might have been a, a bucket with some electrical wires in it and a piece of plywood. So, so I'm imagining they haven't changed their furnace filters very often. <laughs> They've got it. <laughs> the damn the thing's nailed shut. shut. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Oh, we do this every couple of months. <laughs> right, right. And we had a couple of new people join our team that were on that investigation. And they have some amazing equipment that we were able to use. And with that equipment is where we were able to see um, the heat, the baby in that baby carrier. And it's amazing. Right. And that car seat shows up as just bright, bright red. And if you're familiar with the thermal, you know, the red obviously is hot, the blue is cold. There is no reason that that car seat should have been any warmer than the rest of the surroundings. There was no ducting or, or vents or anything that were was blowing on it. Um, but right. it was just and as you can really red see, as you like, can see. the figure of the baby's foot. Like, it's pretty obvious there's something functioning in that. Yeah, and then you can see the head, you can see hair, you can see eyes, nose, mouth. Well, eyes and mouth. Nose was a little hard to see, but... Yeah, I don't know if when being online you can see it that detailed because we're looking at the thermal camera with you taking a video of me holding the thermal camera. Right, it was much more clear in real life. when we were there. Now, the interesting thing I do want to point out about this is the baby that we saw, it wasn't the spirit of the baby. Right. It was a different spirit in the house that was trying to tell us the baby's story, and so it manifested as a baby. And we also have a picture out of you can see the spirit coming into the carrier. Right. So on TikTok, if you go, um, we've got two pictures up, and I still have yet need to put up. Uh, no, I still need to put up the thermal imaging. I did kind of a part one, part two. Okay. So sort of a thing. I'm, so okay. part one and two are up. Um, in fact, I will put up part three today. So yes. what happened to the baby carrier? So what ended up happening is. A baby died in that house, accidental, accidental death, sitting in the car seat at one point before the people that called us lived there. Some other people lived there, um, and I don't know who, but um, they ran a daycare, and it was a baby that just died 
I don't know if it was SIDS. I don't know if it was, um, yeah, if you leave them, if you leave babies asleep in car seats, sometimes they can suffocate. Um, but it was, it was accidental is what we were told. Right. So the owners took the car seat. So after he had already sealed up the basement, he went out and took it off again, went and got the car seat and they, they got rid of it while we were standing outside. Yeah. They were carrying it, waving to us and we were like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that was a, that yeah. was an interesting one. And then she, she was quite sensitive and they ended up having a portal under her bed. And through the course of the investigation, it was determined that we shouldn't close the portal because it was necessary for, it was a positive portal, but that it was not to be closed because they needed it for um, transportation. I don't know, it was a hub. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like Grand Central Station. So we just told her this, you know, to set the intention and, and let them know that you can come through the portal, but you got to go out and under the sides of the bed. You can't come up through the bed and go through her all the time. It kind of gave her the heebie-jeebies. And getting answers to that, we did that with the dowsing rods with Raven, and we have a picture of that. Now, did that go out on TikTok of your spirit guide working with you with the dowsing rods? So I don't remember what it's called, but it's the tool that, um, again, unicorn brain, um, Chuck. that uses the connects technology and it shows little stick figures and Mm -hmm. there's actually it shows the stick figure of charles moving my dowsing rods it's the craziest thing such a great picture it's awesome it really is so i'll check and see if that's up i don't remember what i've put up and what i haven't so well i've been showing those pictures off but i'm not sure where i look at them because i have to go to one for instagram one for facebook and i don't know what you're putting on tiktok i haven't yeah so i'll make sure that's up so outside of that event or event that residential we went to one in salt lake county so woohoo and that one we were able to have some of that same equipment so with that equipment we um oh man they kind of mushed together for me so that one is the one where we thought we saw a spirit peeking out at us through a hole in the bathroom bathroom. ceiling that's right um, because there was some movement and you and it was they were seeing it with the infrared camera. Right, and I wasn't in there. I just heard kind of this, not screaming, but squealing, like, oh, my gosh, look at that. And I said, oh, someone go in and see what's going on in there. But after, you know, looking and, and Rogue, you got up there with a flashlight and determined it was a piece of paper. Right, there was a piece of paper. And then we also did some thermal imaging of that, and it was a water line. So I think it was giving a false reading right. for the so, infrared. But we did find a Type 3 um, that was guarding just a little golf ball-sized portal. And uh, somebody, Raven, may have salted this Type 3 into a corner with a window that um, didn't open. Yeah, (laughs) so sometimes we need to make sure that the window opens before we start salting. (laughs) So, yeah, that was awesome. I was was like, oh, are you freaking (laughs) serious? What did I just do? So, but we were able to get that type three to go into the portal and then we just close the portal. Yeah. And, and, and so we had a new member with us on that residential and he could feel the porthole. He could feel it. It That was pretty amazing. So, oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. We've got some new members with us that joined us. Um, so we'll shout out to our new members. Thank you. We love yes, you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So we recently had a question posted to us about our names and 
Understandably, it can be a little confusing, so I'm going to explain it very briefly. Um, Castle and I started Wisps in 2012, and he and I, if you didn't know, we are siblings, and he and I have always been interested in the paranormal, and we went on a ghost investigation together, and long story short, we started Wisps. And WISPs is short for Wasatch Investigative Society of Paranormal Studies. It's a long name, um, which is why we call it WISPs. But we thought WISPs was cool. It's a cool, it's a cool little acronym of a big long name. So it's WISPs. And WISPs was um, invented for us to go ghost hunting. We wanted to, to be able to go out and ghost hunt and have a fun time with it. And we started doing residentials, you know, meaning going into people's homes, people who thought they had something going on, didn't know how to take care of it, so called us. And because oftentimes if there's something in the home that needs to be gotten rid of, sometimes that cleansing process involves a religious blessing or a religious ritual of some sort, and we never felt good about charging money for doing religious services. We also didn't feel good about charging money for people to feel safe in their own homes because um, this is kind of a different thing than, you know, buying, you know, a gun to protect yourself or an alarm system, you know, the, the supernatural, the paranormal, that's that's different. And we never felt good about that. So, um, so we've never charged we've, in WISPs. We've never charged for WISPs. WISPs is our residential-only group. Now... The problem is we wanted to have a website, and we wanted to have cool banners, and we wanted to have all these things that cost money. And a podcast. <laughs> and a podcast, but you need to be able to buy stuff to do this. And when you don't charge money, that has to come out of your own pocket, and that gets expensive. And so we thought, how can we you know, raise some money and get some money that's not out of pocket to be able to pay for some of these things? And so we decided to start another group which we named Advanced Paranormal Services. And we have to keep these separate because of tax purposes and you know having the nonprofit WISPs and the for-profit Advanced Paranormal Services. And the money that we make from Advanced Paranormal Services when we charge money for the tickets goes to help pay for the venue. It goes to help pay for banners. It pays for, I mean, we just talked about being in the parade. All the equipment. Um, and being in the, in the, you know, putting up a booth in the park. The booth, it costs money to set up the booth in the park. So all that money and any Patreon money we get goes back into making this a better product for you so that when you come on public ghost investigation with us, you get a best quality product that we can provide with the money that we get. So that's why there are two different names because of, you know, taxes. As far as calling it the Supernatural Hour, um, that is the name of the podcast. And our YouTube channel is Advanced Paranormal. But we have the Supernatural Hour podcast, but we will probably have other podcasts and other media that will be out there under the Advanced Paranormal channel. That aren't necessarily Supernatural Hour podcast Correct. related. So originally we were Wisps, and then we had the Wisps show. But because we wanted to have a nonprofit organization and a for-profit organization, that's why we've got the two different names, so that they can be differentiated. Makes it easier come tax time. Uncle Sam makes things messy. I know. So um, that's why we have three names, and now you're not confused anymore. 
And along that, you did mention the patrons. And I just want to shout out to the patrons. Thank you very much. It really, really helps. Um, that's one of the areas along with the funds that come in from our public investigations that pays for the equipment, for the hosting, for the hosting of the advancedparanormal.com and wisps.org. And it really makes a big difference. But we're gr- grateful for all of your support in both the public investigations and your patrons. So main topic for today is really broad. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's really broad. Um, if we just really got in depth on everything, this would not be. This would be like the supernatural 24-hour show. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to give you kind of a, a taste. We're going to dip our toe into this topic, and it's actually quite an interesting topic. So we're going to revisit some of these things separately later and do a whole podcast on it. But I'm super excited about this. So basically, it's divination. And under divination, there are just a ton of things. We're going to talk about two of them specifically. Not Ouija boards? Not Ouija boards. Um, So basically, divination, in a nutshell, um, is an art or practice where you um, are trying to foresee or foretell future events, uh, maybe discover some hidden knowledge. um, And usually you're going to do this by way of interpreting omens or using some sort of supernatural aid. So let me just real, real bleh, speaking is hard. Throw out some of the ways and, and I'm not saying this is all inclusive. Someone that's listening is going to be, oh, they forgot this or forgot that. Yes, I'll probably forget or not have some things. But just to give you a rough idea, tarot cards, um, Celtic oakum. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. They look kind of like sticks with little markings on them. Norse runes, um, reading tea leaves, pendulum divination, another one where I'm not going to pronounce it right, osteomancy, which is reading bones, lithomancy, which is divination with stones, Um, full moon water scrying, numerology, um, automatic writing, and even just intuition. They're kind of lumping in. Um, and palmistry. And so tonight, we're just going to kind of touch bases, um, not too briefly, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, tarot cards and palmistry. And I'm going to have Rogue talk a little bit about the tarot cards first. Yeah, where you were talking about the different types of divination. A couple of the other ones on here were pyromancy, aeromancy, hydromancy, geomancy, using the... Divancies. Using the elements, right? Mm-hmm. Earth, right. fire, wind, water, and using that to try to and I thought that see was the future. interesting because that marked in with your symbolism. Right. The, the four when I was reading into that. The earth element, or, you know, the four elements that are really focused on, for sure. Uh, in Renaissance magic, since we're talking about palmistry and tarot and all of that, they also these are the ones that were considered the seven forbidden arts. Mm-hmm. Forbidden by whom? Uh, I would assume by the church, Again. but you know who else during the Renaissance era but the church, right? But it's palmistry, necromancy, geomancy, aromancy, pyromancy, hydromancy, spatulamancy, or scapulamancy. <laughs> Not that? using spatulas. It's. Uh, Divining using scapulas, using shoulder blades. Oh, oh, oh. Bones, I've actually heard of that. Bone I just reading. didn't know it had a oh, okay. fancy name. Yeah. Uh, spatulamancy. So you go down to your kitchen and... No, don't do that. 
Okay, I won't. <laughs> All right. So, Tarot. Tarot has been a part of my world for a long time. However, I find Tarot to kind of be like your magic eight ball. So, for me, Tarot is not an important part of my everyday life. However, it's always intrigued me. So, I do have Tarot cards. I have done Tarot readings in the past. Um, I find that being an empath... Um, tarot was kind of intriguing for me because it was how the pictures make me feel, how the illustrator has illustrated the photos in comparison as to how I felt. So for me, reading tarot was a pretty personal thing. So for me, I don't like reading somebody else's tarot because I don't want to be the person that has anything to say to you. I don't want to tell you good news. I don't want to tell you bad news. Nothing. Um, last time I did a reading for someone was about 15 years ago, and I, I just won't do it again. However, well, before you before you get into that, one thing I thought was interesting is if you read a little bit into the history of the tarot cards, it started out as just kind of a game, like bridge, and it later turned into what it is now, what we know right. it as now, the fortune teller type of a mm-hmm. thing. That look, I took a class. See wow. how long ago that was. I didn't even open up my book to even realize that I took a class a long time ago. That's okay for me. So I kind of thought it would be fun. Um, so when I was watching Tarot, um, when I was doing some research for the podcast um, today, I was watching like the new Tarot. And I mean, everybody's still how you got your deck. Um, get a deck. Somebody hands you a deck. Um, I used to know somebody that read a deck of cards. So I think your deck could be personal or non-personal because I still you mean just think like that a that regular, kind of yeah, just a regular deck just of a playing regular cards. Deck of playing cards, <laughs> yeah. So I really, I think your deck is a pretty personal thing to you. However, it's going to feel. And um, aren't there numbers of different decks? And sometimes people even make their own decks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what. Um, so I was going to take a couple of pictures. I try to illustrate for uh, YouTube a little bit, but. I mean, I have one here that's just dogs. So it's just people illustrating and coming up with their own terminologies. Yeah, I think the one, um, as I was doing research, the one that's the most common is called the Tarot of Marseille. It's the one that you kind of typically see. Yeah. Is that the same as the writer, the writer tarot deck? Are you familiar with that one? Because no. I heard some stuff about that, that that's a very popular I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. Deck. Okay. Marseille deck, is that the one that has kind of the medieval kind of painting looking pictures yeah, of the different like if you imagine tarot cards or if you google tarot cards it's probably the one that you're going to see kind of the the famous the famous renaissance you know? right right so mine just to show i have mine is the is a shakespeare and my shakespeare cards are um they were ones that were gifted to me so they're just different. Oh, those are pretty. We'll put pictures of these up on the website and on, on TikTok yeah. and Instagram. They're, they're pretty. Give us some different things to, to show you. But I have to say that I like my dog ones. My new dog ones, they're pretty freaking cute. Okay, I have to tell you. So I'm talking to Rogue earlier on the phone, you know, prepping some stuff. Because it might not sound like it sometimes, but we do prepare. <laughs> uh and she was telling me about her dog tarot cards. 
And when she first said that, I thought it was like tarot cards to give dogs readings. And I thought, I've never heard of that before. That's awesome. Sit down, Sparky. But Let's then when, determine your future. <laughs> but then when she got here. I see a spade. <laughs> yeah. There's right. Someone's getting spade. <laughs> yeah, but when she got here, we she's like, no, they're, they're just people tarot cards. So they just are dog themed. Are these not the cutest? They're very cute. So, oh, there's Anubis, right? So, anyways, I I enjoy tarot, um, but again, it's a magic eight ball. So the t- tarot decks they've got generally seventy eight cards, I understand, and they have a major arcana and a minor arcana um, with different information. And kind of the major ones are a lot of the big picture cards that you see, like death and the fool, the fool, and those kinds of things, okay. and. Then the minor is more, and and the major are, are more, from what the description was, they're more of the the overall kinds of things of influence in in your life and that kind of thing. And then the minor uh, arcana kind of influences your everyday life, or or I don't know if it's influences the right word, but um, reflects reflects, maybe. yeah, your everyday life and the things that are happening, kind of more day to day, all based on symbolism. Again, really is what it all comes down to is the cards are just based on symbolism. So when we're going to, we're still going to talk about it for a little bit, but at some point in this podcast, Rogue is going to let us each pick our own card and then she'll tell us a little bit about the card that we pick. Okay. Now there's, there's like four suits, I guess you'd call it the swords, the wands, the cups and the, I wrote it poorly. What's the other one? I didn't Rogue just say she wasn't going to read these things? <laughs> well, no, I mean, she's going to tell us what it means. I, I could pick up something. I have no idea what it means. Anyway, Perfect. there's one other one, and I, I can't read my own scribbling. Really? You can't? That's can't. hilarious. I love that. I can't read my own handwriting. Wait, one more time. What were the four? I can give you three of them. The swords, the wands, cups, and no idea. <laughs> Oh, the interesting thing about tarot for me is I've never really gotten into tarot. It's just not my thing, and and I don't mind people that it is their thing. It just never really spoke to me. Um, And so if you had asked me how old tarot was, I don't know. I probably would have told you a couple hundred years. But they have found these. A couple thousand? I would have said a couple hundred, but yeah, they found these thousands of years ago in China. They found them in Egypt, and one of them, Samaria. The one of the thing, yeah, India Samaria. Mm-hmm. It was really big in ancient Greece, um, and what I never really put together is. Um, oh, I'm jumping ahead. Never mind. We're still in tarot cards. Hang on. What I didn't put. Pentacles together. was the pentacles. That's see. the other one you're missing. Does it look like pentacles now? Now it sort of does. I can kind of get pentacles out of it. <laughs> Pentacles, it, tentacles, it, or, or a ranticle, <laughs> or a. <laughs> okay, so so last time we podcast, I actually wrote my notes out and I couldn't read half of them. I have to type them out because I got the crappy handwriting. Oh, uh, I bet mine's worse. But Probably hey. if you're a doctor. You're so you know. <laughs> this is going to be fun to edit but, today. No, oh yeah, I don't have cute girly handwriting. I have, I have doctor handwriting. Sorry. I will. I will say it's interesting where you mentioned, you know. The cups, swords, pentacles, and what was the other one you said? Wands. Staves or wands. Right. When you look at the a deck of traditional playing cards now, you've got 
that same kind of reference. You've got hearts, spades, diamonds, and clubs. Clubs is like the wands. Huh. Uh, heart is like the cups. And then the spade is like the sword. And then you've got diamonds as well, uh, which is like the pentacles. That's Coins, cool. discs, or rings. So. Well, see, yeah, and one reason why the Tarot of Marseille is the real kind of popular, the one that you see the most often, kind of the quintessential tarot cards, is because, you know, it waned and ebbed, and, you know, it was a um, you know it was a thing back in the ancient days, and then it became a card game, and then, you know, the church crushed it. Well, it really started getting popular, and this <clears throat> this is where... You know, if you'd asked me before I researched this, when tarot came around, it got very popular in the 1780s in Paris um, by two fellows by the name of Antoine Court, and maybe it's Antoine Court if you're doing <laughs> French. French, and Jean Baptiste Alliette um, in Paris. And this, I mean, they really just kind of made it take off. And then Alistair Crowley, we actually have talked about him a little bit um, on a podcast. He has his very own podcast on the Supernatural Hour. He actually devised a Thoth deck um, with the help of Lady Frida Harris. And he said of tarot, the origin of this pack of cards is very obscure, and and I believe he's talking about his deck. Some authorities seek to put it back as far as the ancient Egyptian mysteries. Others tried to bring it forward to as late as the 15th or even the 16th century, but the only theory of ultimate interest about the tarot is that it is an admirable, symbolic picture of the universe based on the deity of the Hola, based on the data of the Holy Kabbalah. So that's a quote from Aleister Crowley. It's an interesting tie of Kabbalah to tarot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people that don't know much about tarot... Uh, you know, think that it's just very, very, um, you know, has stayed the same. But the meaning of the cards has actually changed over time, you know, depending on the era that you're in, the culture that you're in, um, which is one reason why sometimes the decks can be really confusing to people that aren't really into it, you know, because they might have one person read it this way and then go to another person who reads it another way. A, a lot of it comes down to people's own interpretation. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't a, a standard deal there's from what i understand you know some guidelines and those kinds of things about certain things with different books that have been written but from what i heard in the research and that i did is it, it it's very personal and things are very you know how you feel about them and it's it's more of a, a personal thing rather than a here's the rules and the ways that it has to be done prescriptively. Right. You could hand a, a deck of, you could hand the same deck of cards to five different tarot readers and you, you might get five different readings. And right. it's not because, Absolutely. you know, it's just what we've talked about. You know, they're going to interpret and read the cards a little right. differently. But even interpretation of, we were talking about the major arcana. And like I said, I'm going to go back to the fool because that was one that uh, had been referenced recently in a book I was reading. And they talked about how, you know, people can interpret the fool as somebody who's gullible, somebody who's stupid, whatever you want to say. But the other meaning of the fool is somebody who's open-minded and willing to change and adopt things. And instead of being so rigid rigid and struck, you know, stuck in their own constructs, 
they're able to grow and they're able to adapt and they're able to learn. So even though it says fool and everybody interprets that as something negative, there's also a positive connotation with that in interpretation of the cards as well. And going back to Jean-Baptiste, when he first um, made tarot popular, it wasn't a divination method. It was a card game, like we talked about. But he claimed that the tarot cards originated from a legendary book of Thoth, you know, the same as Aleister Crowley talked about. And this, this book of Thoth, I've never heard of it before, but it supposedly belonged to the Egyptian god of wisdom. And according to Jean-Baptiste, they refer to him as his last name, which I'm not even going to attempt, um, that this book was engraved by Thoth's priest onto golden plates. And it provided the Im- imagery for the first set of tarot cards. Interesting with just Thoth in general. Um, you think about God as the mind and trying to understand God. You're trying to divine, right? That's what divination is, is trying to you know, get gain knowledge from divinity. That's what divining is. Uh, Thoth. Some people claim that the word thought originates from the Thoth. ancient Egyptian god Thoth, which is the mind, right? And we associate kind of what God is with the mind, is connecting with the universe, with, you know, the mind of God, essentially. Mm-hmm. So using tarot to try to understand God makes some sense. Right. It's interesting. It says the word tarot in German tarot both derive from an Italian word, tarocci. Um, the, ori- <clears throat> the origin of this word is uncertain, but tarok was used as a synonym for foolishness in the late 15th and 16th centuries. Now, you know, was did they use this word because it's not so much foolishness as in stupid, but we're just playing a dumb game and it doesn't really mean anything? You know, because it started out as a card game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had a bunch of tarot card um aficionados it's what i just mean when it was a bridge game um but then during the 16th century uh this new game played with a standard deck but sharing a similar name called trif- ah words triofna um, was quickly becoming popular so you know you're thinking about it back in these days there are you know the, they don't have the internet they don't have you know, TV and Hulu and Netflix and all this stuff. So, you know, they're coming up with games. They're coming up with things to do. So all these all these things are coming out. Um, in modern Italian, this is uh, called tarocco. And tarocco, as a noun, refers to the blood orange. Blood orange. And I have no idea what this means in the big scheme of things. Um, but if you use it as a verb, it also indicates that something is fake or forged. Now, I am not saying that tarot reading is fake or forged. I'm just telling you that that's what it means. But it could go back to um, the idea of it's a game and, you know, you're just playing a game. You know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, this may have originated as a game and that, kind of the modern derivative that we see constantly is face cards, I guess you could call them, the standard playing deck. Uh, you've A lot of people who are church-going individuals have been told that face cards are bad. And a lot of people didn't understand why. It's not because you can play bad games with them like blackjack and poker. It's because of this 
origin, symbolism. right? The symbolism, the origin, and the fact that people can't use them for tarot. Um, so there's 52 playing cards, which represent each of the weeks of a and year. And this is just your standard playing cards, not your tarot. Yeah, not tarot. In a standard playing deck, right, deck of playing cards, you've got 52 cards. There are some, you could call them major arcana if you want, with the face cards, your jacks, queens, kings. Jokers. Uh, even the joker. Um, hey, I'd be a fool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then you've got your, your, saint, your four suits. We were talking about this before, that there's a relationship between cups and hearts, uh, spades and swords, clubs and wands, and then pentacles and diamonds. Uh, and so those kind of overlay as well. And then there's some number symbolism that plays into this too. But each of those four suits represents the four seasons, also represents the four elements. So there's a lot of there's a lot of deeper meaning to that standard deck of playing cards, really. Interesting. Yeah, one of the things that, as I was going through, they said with the tarot, um, there's generally kind of two different types of readings. And one is a reading that when you come with a question, and they can help determine um, things based upon the thing. But the other then is just a general reading where you just come to find out stuff. Right, you're sometimes not, that will lead to then a question reading. You're not coming with a question, but they're just going to tell you stuff. Yeah. yeah. One thing I thought was interesting was when this first really took off in the Renaissance in, in Italy, if you were a, you know, a very wealthy patron of the arts, they would actually go to artists and commission sets of tarot cards to be made specifically for them. Wow. And this was back when it was still bridge. Quite the keepsake. Yeah, so I imagine if you could find a set of those somewhere, probably worth a small fortune. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. Interesting. I did hear uh, in some of the research that I was doing, there's some question of whether you should buy your own tarot card or whether it should be gifted to you. There's kind of both schools of thought there that it's okay to get your own, but I think there's a, a lore around having it gifted to you and having someone give you a tarot deck. So I'm going to ask Rogue. You have one of each. I do. What do, What are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm with you. Like it's it is that my the ones with the dogs were the ones that called to me. My first deck was given to me. So and I have given other people decks. So have you used them both? Have, do you feel a difference when you use them because of the different ways you attain them? Or required. There... Well, my dog deck I haven't. You've seen me open it up almost as much as I've opened it up. I haven't used it. So I can't answer that. Sorry. That's okay. I can't either. So, so. maybe not because it. I've had them. I've had that deck for a couple of years and I haven't used it. So Well, they're cute. But the tarot doesn't really call to me anymore. You know, I have other things now. Right. Interesting. So, so kind of the, one of the other things we, we're going to talk about tonight besides the tarot card. Oh, you know, actually, I want to just, one that oh, we didn't yes. talk about was dowsing routes. And that's a big one for you. And, well, and I, I'm trying. But, um, I'm working on it. But dowsing rods is, fits into this category. Mm-hmm. In terms of divination? Yes. Yeah, because you're divining things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I didn't really, I've never thought about that. Way. It, it, it came out, it was one of the ones on my list. Awesome. Yeah. You got a long list there. I know. What else have you got on there that we didn't talk about? Um, I don't know. Between the two of you, I was trying to check market, and uh, I have one that's the study of your eyes. I don't know if we talked about that. Um, the one studying of your dreams. 
um, studying of crystals. Did um, anyone do this? What What is the thing where you study the bumps on your head? Phrenology. How do I know that off the top of my head, pun intended? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we would expect you to know that. That's not an actual science. <laughs> it could be. Is it a pseudoscience? It is a pseudoscience for sure. Excellent. Um, the pendulum was also one of the ones. I don't know if you mentioned I think, that. I think that's one that I did mention, but I find that interesting. Yeah. I was going to bring my pendulum. Just yes, no, maybe. It's good for yes, no, maybes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in a in a um, big way, it's kind of like the the dowsing rods because that's right. the only way you can talk about things in the dowsing rods is yes no questions, right. unless you're like me and have a moment and ask two questions at once, right? And then the person using the dowsing rods is like, yeah, pick one lady, <laughs> right? <laughs> or you ask, what's your favorite color? I haven't done that. <laughs> But, you know, we've been using the dowsing rods, and then we also have, like, the K2 or the Ghost Pro, and we get answers and get lights going on and things happening and everything correlating. It's pretty cool. And if you think about it, to me, the word divining is really just gaining knowledge. And, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to gain knowledge. In some ways you might not be into, some ways you might be into, um... For example, I think numerology is interesting. I've kind of studied that one a little bit, and I find it fascinating. Um, you know, I don't put my faith into it per se, but I find it very, very intriguing. I like number symbolism a lot. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think there's something about numbers that's, that really kind of speaks to me. Yeah, I don't know that I've tried to apply things from a numerological standpoint, but I do... With numbers in particular, you see them lots of places, and a lot of times they do have deep, kind of subconscious meanings to right. us as well. I've got a book on numerology, actually, and there's, and I don't remember the terms because it's been a while, but if you add up, you know, the numbers in your name, and you find out what number of a person you are, and then you look up the numbers, and it describes you, you know, kind of like a horoscope, but with numbers, and it's a little scary right on. Yeah, it goes back to kind of that Kabbalistic approach of taking Hebrew letters and adding them together uh, throughout the scriptures for kind of the deeper meaning of things. Uh-huh. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll take a sentence and they'll add, they'll assign a number to each of the Hebrew letters and then they'll kind of compile them together and decipher what kind of the deeper meaning of that scripture is. So back to your kind of point about using your name for that same thing. You know, the uh, the name Yahweh or Jehovah, the four-lettered name, or the Tetragrammaton, as he's sometimes known, is that same idea, where they're able to add those numbers up, and it references godhood, basically. Interesting. Aside from tarot, um, the other divination that we'll talk about in this podcast is palmistry. It's also known as chiromancy or cherosophy. And if I'm mispronouncing that. It's chiromancy. You know, that sounds better. <laughs> C-H, I'm just going to say a ch. Yeah, like chiropractor. Oh. That's where chiro. Yeah. Okay, okay. Is Fair that bones? Enough. Hands. I'm, actually, I think it means, I'd have to double check. I believe it means hand, but I'm not positive. I got the dumps today. <laughs> Let me double check. <laughs> I have my moments. But that's where chiropractor comes from as well. So while he's checking on that, it can actually be, this can also be traced back thousands and thousands of years. And um, I mean, to the point where 
if you go back to the yeah. Stone Age, there are you know a lot of significance of the, you know the Stone Age paintings and and things that they found on cave walls. A lot of things to do with hands. Um, it's thought that some modern day practices of the art originates from India. Um, and if you look at Indian art, you see a lot of hands, and there's the gods and goddesses that have lots of mm. arms with what lots of hands attached. Cairo does mean hand. Does it? Yeah. Awesome. Um, which would make sense. Chiromancy. Yeah, chiropractor is they manipulate with the hands to restore health. Right. Um, let's see, they said that, um, again, the signs of the hand you can find across all cultures across all nations uh, they said even you know 300 B- or 3000 BC even you know Chinese emperors would seal things with a thumbprint um, which I found was interesting um, and you know and it alters a little bit depending on your culture depending on your religious interpretations um, and an example that is given is gypsies when they arrived in Europe in the 1300s um, they mixed palm reading that they had learned um, from India with their own blend of psychic abilities. Because, you know, gypsies are pretty well known for having a lot of psychic abilities and, you know, being empaths and being able to see things and reading crystal balls mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So they kind of combined the two into their own special little flair. And I guess it makes sense to me because people would think, why, why hands? Right, and this is these are the tools that we use to connect us to the world. We manipulate reality through our hands. We're able to build things, we're able to make things, and so I think from a symbolic standpoint, the hand has a lot of importance because it's the way that we connect our will with reality. We're able to take our will and create a reality through our hands. Well, yeah, there- I was going to say one of the things that one of the videos I watched talked about is that your hands have the most nerve connections to mm-hmm. your brain. That that's the very sensitive yeah your fingers and your hands are the most sensitive you know part of the body right. that with with the most direct the most high count of connections directly to the brain right it's it's the tool that our mind or spirit uses to interact with the physical with reality right. one thing i find is interesting as a music teacher people learn three ways and not just with music but with anything you either are a visual learner which in music is the easiest um, there's an auditory learner, and in my opinion, auditory learners are really, really hard to teach music to because you have to be able to sit down a piece of sheet music and have the people look at it and read it. Mm. Um, teaching by ear is a lot harder. I mean, it's got its, its good qualities. But the third way of learning is tactile, which is your hands. And one thing I've noticed with me, because I've, I've played musical instruments since I was five, and that was a very, I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, but it was a very long time ago. And something about, see, I'm a visual learner, so you see it, but then you enforce it with that tactile mm-hmm. of playing it, and that just enforces it to the point where now, um, you know, Chad will sit down and watch a YouTube video, which is auditory. I could listen to something for hours, and it's just going to zing, go right away. Let me do that again. Zing. <laughs> but if I can see it, you know, read it, and then do something with my hands you know, write it down or type it, then it sticks. And so there's something about hands mm-hmm. that it's one of the learning processes. So it's an, an important part of of life. Right. So I think that's why there has been kind of a focus on the hand, right, in terms of being able to 
read your future palmistry <laughs> so some very interesting people are interested in palmistry and and i don't want to say dabbled in it but practiced it you know looked into it tried to figure out what it was about and it was very popular among the academics in ancient greece and um you know physicians using it in their practice aristotle wrote about it um, in the 4th century BC, Aristotle is thought to have sent his student Alexander the Great to India um, to try to figure, you know, figure this out, see to if it was... To learn about it? To learn about it, you know, see what the big deal was, because it was quite popular there. Um, some experts dispute it a little bit, um, but that's it's said to be a thing. They said it was used in the Roman times by Julius Caesar, and it's believed that he... Um, or he believed that if you could read men's palms, he could judge their intentions and be able to figure out who the imposters were as opposed to his um, genuine followers. And on one occasion, it was said that he read a man's palm and decided that he was an imposter and had him executed. Um, but historians dispute this, and um, they said they preferred astrology to palm reading. Well, dang, don't have the wrong kind of hands. Right. No kidding. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people with... Palm reading, you know, everyone knows about, oh, your lifeline or your love line. Those, right. are, those are kind of the classic ones I think that most everybody has heard of. Um, I found, what, seven of them? I don't know if you guys saw these as well, but there's a lifeline, a headline, a heart line, the girdle of Venus, the sun line, the mercury line, and the fate line. Yeah, and then not, not only were there lines, but there was little areas. I don't remember what they were called. The mounds? Little, yeah, little mounds. The Mount of Venus, the Mount, yeah, there was a number of them. And those go up with your fingers. So Mercury is your pinky, Apollo, Saturn, Jupiter, and then Venus being your thumb. And then there's the Mount of, so right below it. So the Mount of Mercury is the right below your pinky. The pad there, kind of. Yeah. And then I was looking that one of the common classifications, not only the lines or the mounds on the hand, but even the shape of the palm has been classified by elemental symbolism that there are earth hands which are broad and square uh, and there are air hands which are more rectangular with long fingers people have water hands are long and oval shaped and flexible and then fire hands are square rectangular flushed or pink with shorter fingers I think I have a water hand you may be a water hand I got to be like an earth or a fire hand. I don't know. Yeah, kind of a broad. I like palm. water. Water's my element, so I'm <laughs> going with water hand. But it looks kind of oval, don't uh, you think? Yeah, you look ovally. Look ovally, look yeah. wrinkly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't even realize that they used you know element elemental symbolism for classifying what kind of palm you have, even before going into what the nuances of each line and mound represent. So this will probably shock everybody. So, you ready? You ready for this shocker? Um, the, the practice of palmistry was actually forced underground by the mm. Catholic Church because they considered it a form of devil worshipping. And anyone that was found to have an interest in it was murdered. And it says quickly murdered, not just like normal murdered, 
We're just going to route this out. Quickly murdered. We're done. I'd rather be quickly murdered. I kind of yeah, would, too, rather than a slow, drawn-out Yeah, thing. that doesn't sound good. So at what point was that? What? Um, Renaissance-y. Oh, way Or back. I guess, yeah, kind of probably 13, 14. Well, we were just looking for any reason to kill you. When the church you <laughs> yeah. know, wanted to control everything. Um, but then you know. as they started to kind of lose its influence and the individual rulers of countries got more powerful in the church... Um, then it was able to kind of creep back in because they didn't have that power. Right. Well, now, I mean, this is taken pretty serious, like, in science. And they're really, really proving, I, I guess, that this really is real. Well, the interesting thing is I, I can... I am almost sure that there's people out there. And I'm, and I'm not digging at you because everyone's got their own opinion. But I'm sure there's people out there that go, oh, palm reading. I'm not into palm reading. I'm not, I'm not into this, you know, the science of the hand. And, you know, it's cute and people can believe it, but whatever. But really, you do. And I'll give you an example. And you're like, no, I don't. No, look, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm over here giving her, like, slanty eyes. Like, <laughs> like where is this going? Give um, her that side look. Side eye. I'm getting side eye. <laughs> side eye. I'm there getting we side go. eye. Okay. Uh-oh, I better get to it. Um, in 1901, Scotland Yard adopted the technique of fingerprinting in criminal investigations. Um, you know, and identification, right? You mm-hmm. get fingerprinted. Okay. Um, medical researchers study skin patterns, and they've discovered a correspondence between genetic abnormalities and unusual markings in the hand. Yeah. There's something called a simian crease that you see in people with Down syndrome, for example, on the mm-hmm. palm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and research has confirmed a link between specific fingerprint patterns and heart disease. So there are things that you can read in people's skin that have a medical base to it or a practical base like, you know, fingerprinting. So in a way, you do believe in palmistry. People with congenital heart defects can sometimes end up with more bulbous fingertips. So, yeah. There you go. You know, in a weird way, maybe I do believe in palmistry. And then our fingerprints, <laughs> I learned, form when we're 14 to 16 weeks forming in the womb. I mean, that's the very beginning. And your fingerprints don't change, but your hands do. Your creases in your hands change. And I never really thought about that because I always thought about the creases in your hands forming like when you're a little baby and you're in the womb. But, you know, I guess that's just your fingerprints. Okay, this is just going to be silly. But when I've thought about palmistry before and, and you know, how the creases in your hands are i just imagined you know you're there in the womb your hands are just floating and that first time you shut it that's what you get that's That's it that's it done you folded it over it ain't going back it's like a piece of paper you can't iron it back out you gotta fold it over and that that's the crease you get yeah you can't you can't look at it and go i don't like that lifeline i'm gonna start over we do this you're you're done (laughs) exactly but when i was doing some of this research and there's girls there was a girl online she did an interactive palm reading and I did that with her, and it was freaky accurate, like some of what you were talking about. And she would talk about how your lines would only go part way to halfway to three quarters of a way, and it, it was pretty spot on. Um, well, as I'm watching, you know, just some on YouTube, just some basic, you know, palm reading things, there's like, okay, you've got this line and this line, and if they intersect, it means this. And I'm like, well, I'm like, well, the one line is like, it intersects, but then it breaks, and it takes off. I'm like, well, what does that mean? So now I've got to like find a palm reader and have. I need to right. know what that means. I was finding like if you have an M or a V or an X, and I was looking at my hand, going, well, I have an M. See it right there? There's that M. 
I got that M. So I don't have an M. I have an X. Those are supposed to be rare. Oh, the X meant that you were, what did that mean? That you were a happy, positive person? Nice. And I didn't it have one. It said you were going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's the notes I got. This is X means you're going to hey. be rich. All right. You hear that? Uh, All right. I like that. I've had my palm read a grand total of one time at an amusement park during Halloween season. Oh, how'd that go? By, I'm pretty a sure it was like a high school senior or something. <laughs> so um, I'm going to say I didn't put much credence into said palm reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was an interesting experience, but I'm not so sure they knew what they were doing. Again, In fact, I will say with a high degree of certainty, they did not know what they were doing. <laughs> so when it comes to palmistry, I don't want to, to naysay it. Um, I find it interesting. It's not where I put my faith. But if I'm in an area and there's a palm reader, I, I, I'd stick out my hand. Give it a go. I think it's interesting. And I think, you know, you find it in so many cultures. Part of me says there's got to be something to it. Yeah, it is pretty pervasive. We talked about, I mean, in India and Egypt and China and Europe and it's oh, been it's all like over the place. it says China, Tibet, Persia, Mesopotamia, Egypt, ancient Greece, medieval. I mean, it's all over the place. Somebody, somebody found some value in this at some point. Oh, here's one more little little tidbit. Um, it said medieval palmistry was pressed into service by the witch hunters, who interpreted pigmentation spots as a sign of a pact with the devil. Isn't that a weird twist of fate? Don't read palms because it's evil. Hey, we read your palm. You're evil. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're going to die. That seems really weird that they would use the means by which they told people they were, you know, conspiring with the devil to find people that they They thought thought were conspiring with the devil. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. So we're going to move on to the tarot cards? Yes. So pull out your tarot cards. I want to see what card to pull. And then she's not going to do read you, for me. She's just going to tell me what the card means. Um, do, you, do you want to pick which deck you want to pull from? Yeah, I think I want the Shakespeare deck. She's sure. kind of a Shakespeare girl. Let's do it. Shakespeare away. I worked for the Shakespearean Festival when I was in college. And that sounds like really cool. I was the janitor. So. Didn't you tell us some story about a couch? Back yes. in the day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you find a lot of money in those couches. When you're a poor, starving college student, five bucks in a couch, that's like half your grocery budget for the week. Okay, do I need to shuffle it or something? Yeah, because you want to put your intent into the cards. Okay. And so ask your question oh. and put your intent into the cards. I'm glad somebody knows what they're doing here. Thanks, Rogue. Have you ever seen me shuffle cards? This is not going to be a very pretty sight. I will never, ever be hired in Vegas to be, like, a card anything. That's okay. You that have other Oh, my gosh. Seriously, this is my third You try. are not doing well. I'm not. I told oh. you. It sounded smooth. They just didn't... They just don't really go together. There you got go. it. Do I, though? Nailed it. Did I? I also heard there's some ways that you can do decks in a certain way with the put them in three piles and move them in directions that okay uh, okay that's probably as good as i'm gonna kind of randomizes them but with intent intent. hey quiet i'm fanning over sorry (laughs) fan them out okay i'm fanning i'm fanning and then i just i just pick one out i'm feeling i'm feeling over here Okay, ready? Drum roll. We need to get our little soundboards so that we can have fun stuff. Yeah, we can do like whistles. and. That's probably going to sound like rain. (laughs) Okay, so I have the Nine of Crowns. And it says at the bottom, a kingdom for a stage, princes to act, Henry V. 
And it shows a picture of actors on a stage. Let's see. And so when you pulled the card, is it upright or was it upside down? I think it was upright. Okay. Because when it's upside down, it will give it a different meaning. And a lot of times, so with this one, if it was reversed, there's a chance you might fall off of the ladder of success. And earlier, we just said that you were going to be rich because you have an X in your hand. So, so I don't want to fall off the ladder. So we don't want you to fall off the ladder. Of no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was right side up because I don't remember having to turn it around. Um, let's see. This card signifies that the old theater favorite, the happy ending. Here are your three wishes coming home to roost. Your heart's desire is on its way and you can stop worrying if you have still to make it to the top. It is within your grasp. That means you're going to be successful. Awesome. So what kind of intent and question did you throw into the into the cards? Um, I don't know. I don't you don't even know what you asked. I was well. trying to shuffle them. Yeah, her question was, can I shuffle these cards? Probably. Right. <laughs> well, positively, the answer was no. you will be successful. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> you didn't need a deck of tarot cards to tell you that. Or maybe you did. <laughs> right? That you would... Well, but it's maybe that, that means we're going to get more Patreons. Okay, Doc, hey. you ready to pull yours? <laughs> yeah, I got right, one. Doc, what do you got? Let's pull it see. out and see what happens. Yeah. The Six of Swords. I was open um, to the Two of Swords. To give you to give you some reference, I got a dude laying in a coffin on the ocean <laughs> yeah. in this sounds, picture with a with a storm ominous. and lightning bolts going. So was it, it right? doesn't sound good. Was right. it right side up? It was upright. Okay. It was upright. Well, that's good. Um, this card holds promise of travel. Oh. Hey, that's pretty right. positive because that is that a pretty card. dark picture. Yeah, there's literally a dead bird. It looks like a mummy in a coffin on a... It on says, a- forgive my little joke with the <laughs> casket floating on the sea. It actually says that? <laughs> it does. It oh, says, my goodness. In my own defense, this was the only way in which I could bring in both the meaning of the card and the six of swords by which it is symbolized. So does that mean if he goes on a cruise, he has to go on a little coffin cruise? Did you see the picture? Did you see the card? Yeah, it's pretty ominous looking. It is pretty okay, ominous. Okay, so you can go on a cruise, but you can't have very much room. Dunk yeah. it in the lower deck. <laughs> it's gonna have to be. It's gonna be lower deck, no window, something real small. But you know what? I'll take it, man. It has been a while since we've been able to get out and travel. Right, so right. I just got news that I don't get to travel to Canada in a few weeks. They mm. are locked down tighter than ship. Tight. Those Maple syrup loving bastards. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Chad. We love you, Canadian. <laughs> I pulled mine. I'm parking. What do you got? I've got an upside down six of swords. Swords. And it says the wind will not lie until the ship be cleared of the dead. Well, yours, since it was reversed, this card warns you of delay, especially when you're traveling and disappointment. So cash in your ticket and stay home. Okay, okay, so otherwise, you and Trevor... We cannot be travel partners. <laughs> otherwise, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you and you're Doc not going can't anywhere be. together. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm hanging, out with, I'm hanging out with Doc, just FYI. <laughs> right? He's going places. And I'm staying places, apparently. <laughs> it's going to be cramped, <laughs> but you can come. <laughs> Was Rogue not going to do a tarot card? Okay. Did you undo a tarot card? I don't need to do a tarot card. I was the reader. Okay, All that's right. true. We you were the one that were providing the information. Well, I was thinking this summer we should we should go investigate some ghost towns on some long weekends. So maybe like Pioche. That's our first stop. Yeah, heck yeah, Pioche. 
Pioche. Skinwalker Ranch. See, he's oh, going on yeah. cruises. We're going to Pioche, Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the Bahamas. It sounds fine. I'll do a, something over there. Some investigation. This has nothing to do with anything in this <laughs> podcast whatsoever. Nope. But there's this big thing on... I've seen a hundred YouTubes on it, I swear, that it's pronounced Nevada, not Nevada. Yes. Oh, yes. So if you're listening, do not say Nevada. That pisses off the Nevada. But we know that because we live in Utah. We're neighbors. That's right. Oh. Never even knew that was a thing. I know my the, neighbor's The name. good neighbor I am. <laughs> Don't say Nevada. So, are we ready for the bucket list? Yeah, I had to pull out my notes because I forgot what we were doing. Okay, so has anybody heard of... Cyan Brew. No. I don't, was that English? <laughs> yeah. I no, it wasn't. It was Irish. One, okay. one okay. more time. Okay, that makes sense then. Cyan Brew. I was sitting here trying to figure out if I forgot how to speak. <laughs> like, I know I'm uh, having a bad Are day. you having a stroke? <laughs> Do we need to take you to the hospital? I was like, I know I'm having a bad day today, but it's not okay, that bad. Okay, you ready for the English translation? Yes. Please. Newgrange. Uh-huh. Any of you heard of Newgrange? No. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I... I have no idea. Okay, now, just for reference, New Grange is in reference to the fields where this is located. There was the Old Grange, and there's the New Grange. Grange. (laughs) So I still need to know what a Grange is. It's like how there's York and New York. Kind of, but but this is in the same area. And a Grange is like, I think, a big field area. So it's the New Grange. Okay, now, what's important about the New Grange is the New Grange is not new. And the name has nothing to do with the monument. Okay? So my bucket list is Newgrange. It's a monument. It's a prehistoric monument in County Meath in Ireland. It's located about eight, about five miles west of Dohegra on the north side of the River Boyne. It's an exceptionally grand passage tomb built during the Neolithic period, about 3200 B.C. It's older than Stonehenge and older than the pyramids. Wow. So did you know that? I did not. That in Ireland, there's a monument that's there. The site consists of a large circular mound with an inner stone passageway and chambers. Human bones and possible grave goods were votive offerings were found in these chambers. The mound was a retaining wall. It has a retaining wall in the front. And it's made mostly of white quartz and cobblestones, and it's ringed by engraved curb stones. Many of the larger stones of the New Grange are covered with metallic art, and the mound is also ringed by stone circles. Some of the material that makes the monument came from as far away as the Mourns Mountain and the Wicklow Mountain. So the stones were brought in from a, from a pretty good distance. Like the blue stones at Stonehenge kind of an mm-hmm. idea. But this is even older than Stonehenge. But older. Yeah, its entrance is aligned with the rising sun on the winter solstice, and the sunlight shines through a roof box located above uh, the passage entrance and the floors in the inner chamber. Do you have a picture of it? Um, there are, yeah, it's really cool. I don't have on one. On your piece of paper? I, I don't have the piece of paper, but we will. We'll put a picture of it on the on the YouTube podcast so that you can see what it looks like. It's really very cool. There are many smaller archaeological sites, such as henges and mounds and standing stones situated within about a half mile of Newgrange and the Boyne. It consists of approximately 200,000 tons of rock and other materials. It's 279 feet wide at its widest point. So it's big. It's a it's a big monument. Yeah, I just pulled up a picture of it. It, it I thought it was going to be something a little more kind of obscure or maybe primitive. It's a big-ass circle with a whole bunch of stones, and there is, like, artwork that has been carved into the outside of the stones as well. Wow. 
New Grange, one word, N-E-W-G-R-A-N-G-E, right? Well, yeah, it's a popular tourist st- site, and it's regarded as one of the great national monuments of Ireland, and it's also one of the most important methodic- myth megalithic structures in Europe. So that's one of the places I'd like to go. Besides, I'd like to go to Ireland again. Well, here's the, here's the deal. I think Trevor's going to get... I think Doc's going to get there before you do, according oh. to the tarot cards. That's right. And I was supposed to go to Ireland uh, last year. And so that when plan got when you reschedule, blown up. I'm going to New Grange. Grange on, That'd be awesome. Now it it's very cool. Um, there's been some controversy about the restoration when it was originally found. You know, and they and they realized what it was. They've done some cleanup and and things of the area. I mean, much like the Mayan pyramids and things, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to clean them up, and make them. The, and there's some some people that are saying, oh, it shouldn't be done quite like this, or it shouldn't be done quite like that. But who knows? It was you know. 3,000. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I mean, you can try to read some minds from that long ago. But that that's, I'd that's love cool. to go see that. I think that's really neat. The fact that it's older than the pyramids and, and older than Stonehenge and very cool place. That yeah. is really cool. Ireland is on my just bucket list to go to because it's Ireland. It's where it's my family's beautiful. from. I'm, I'm quite... I'm Looks like it's about 37 minutes away Irish from Dublin oh, by crazy car. amount of Irish. I've been to Dublin. I've spent a week in Ireland, and I did a lot of tours going outside of Dublin, and I can't believe that I didn't go to that. 37 minutes by car. That's crazy. Right? How come they're not promoting this thing? Maybe they are, and we just don't know. But Right. It, it, I find it fascinating. You see all of this information about Stonehenge. You see all this information about the pyramids, and it's like, here's something that's older than all of them, and yeah. is awesome. Really cool. Okay. And, you know... You, Again, the Irish, you know, um, travel bureau needs to do a better job. <laughs> That's right. Well, maybe they just don't market to Utah. Maybe. We are a little ways away. Okay. All right, you ready for our um, junk drawer? Mm-hmm. So I actually have two things for our junk drawer. I couldn't decide between them. And one, we actually, I think we touched on just a little bit years and years and years ago. So I don't mind revisiting it. But I just, I couldn't decide. So you're, you're getting them both. So, first one. Tracy and Kirion Fry have marriage problems. They got the marriage problems. This um, isn't the gal that's married to the pirate ghost, right? Oh, no. 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 <laughs> that was that was weird. <laughs> no. I don't mind redoing the thing every now and then, but that was too soon. So, but, <laughs> but, but it was worth the reminder. <laughs> it was. You know, there's some that you just need to revisit, and that was one we Marrying needed to Marrying dead pirate ghosts is Oh, yeah. Them. And the, the next one is, is too good All right. to not revisit. Anyway, so but but these marriage problems, they're not like they're your normal domestic disturbance kind of problems. Okay. Probably got there. So according to the Fries, there's an evil, seriously pissed off poltergeist that's plaguing their marriage and their home. Okay. Mm. So um, they've been dealing with this entity, and it beats Mrs. Fry, leaves marks, um, and the attacks get more and more intense. And they decided to call in a professional slayer of demons to stop his wife Tracy from getting beaten. Now, if if your wife is getting beaten by demons, of course you want it to get that to stop, right? <laughs> right. This is worse than like the doorknob or baseball excuse. I'm just saying. How do you get right? to be a slayer? <laughs> And as an emergency room doctor, (laughs) you... (laughs) Right. Beaten by a poltergeist, you say. (laughs) So, but you know what? You have to give him credit. Demon Slayer. He's getting the Demon Slayer. They called in the professionals. (laughs) Okay. So, I'll just read a quote. 
We are being molested by demons. My wife goes to bed fine, doesn't feel anything in the night, but when she's wake, when she wakes up, she's in agony. I wake up the next day and I say, I didn't do that. I would never beat my wife. It's getting worse and worse and there's nothing we can do. So in the name of love, Carrie on sought out the help of Robert Amore. Ooh. Robert Amore. Mr. Love. Who beats the crap out of demons for a living. <laughs> I'm reading that verbatim. I did not make that up. Robert Amore, who beats the crap out of demons for a living. So Armore entered the home. He determined it wasn't just one demon, but a group of demons. And again, I'm just going to read this verbatim because it's too good. In a battle where love and marriage were at stake, Armore says he slayed two of the evil spirits. Wow. Slayed them. He didn't just put them in the refrigerator and tie a rope around it. No. Okay. (laughs) That's so B movie. (laughs) <laughs> he slayed two demons. I want to know what kind of tool he used to slay the demons. So he says, as soon as I arrived in the home, I could sense there was negative energy. The incubus was brought via a Ouija board. They are absolute danger and can bring through anything, meaning the Ouija boards. This particular one was reluctant to go. I always speak to the residents first about exactly what they can see. I listen and deal with it from there. I can normally see the demons straight away. Then I focus on it and move in, move it onto a heavenly state. I don't send it back to where it came from. It takes a while for things to calm down as you have to allow the negative energy to return to positive energy. Um, So he says there were three demons and he single-handedly laid waste to two of them using nothing more than a Bible and a crucifix. I was going to say, this sounds sounds like the weakest form of slaying I've ever heard of. Like, hi, evil demon, can you be good now? Great. (laughs) Here, I got my crucifix in my Bible. mean it. We're going to make you positive. Go to heaven. Bye. It just seemed it didn't sound like slaying. That sounds slaying more like involves swords yeah. and ha, 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 This was more right? like exactly. therapy for the demon, yeah. basically. That's what I thought too. Um <laughs> unfortunately Amor was not able to clean out the third most powerful demon, probably because of his passive <laughs> slaying methods. Um but he had an exhaustive battle with the lesser two, and he wishes the fries well in the future. So, you know, that's always reassuring to hear from a professional demon slayer. That's right. Left one in the house. Then he got two of the three. (laughs) He's got a 66% (laughs) success rate, so that's pretty good. Anyway, so if you need a demon slayer. He will talk them to death for you. (laughs) I know a guy. (laughs) Aw, that's kind of sweet. (laughs) Okay. So it says currently the Fries are still dealing with an evil nightmare demon from hell. Imagine that. And now they are only armed with love. Oh. Amore. Amore. Oh. Oh, that was good. They might might need our phone number. All right. You ready for the next one? Um, If you've been listening to the Supernatural Hour, if you remember when it was the Wisps show, um, I think we talked about this when it was the Wisps show, and the amazing Kreskin, do you remember him? Mm -hmm. I don't. We talked about him in an episode not too far back. um, he was kind of the nemesis of Yuri Geller. Oh, okay. Good. Well, that was the Amazing Randy that also. Amazing Randy. Oh, okay. Kreskin was also, he was a mentalist, um, or I think he still he was, is a mentalist. But he he's was more in the um, Sylvia Brown era. Arena, I think that we talked about him with Sylvia Brown. So he opened a supernatural dating site. So Supernatural dating uh, A supernatural dating site. So and this is from Friday... Uh, March 27th of 2015. So I don't know how it's going currently. Um, 
So he decided he would open up this new dating site, um, a site for enthusiasts of the paranormal, the unexplained, the mystical, the implausible. We're pretty sure the guy-to-girl ratio will probably be a lot like a magic club. <laughs> is that is that you or was that them? That no, just that's them. That's them. So meaning lots and lots of guys and only a few girls? Probably. I have a feeling that it's going to take on a dimension. I never realized that's a direct quote. Um, so... Knowing this, we're still going to do it, huh? <laughs> I think the guys all probably play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that's what I'm visualizing in my head. Magic the Gathering. Yeah, oh, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, so whoever wrote this article <laughs> does not have a whole lot of faith in his online graphic design. Um, because it says it, that it kind of lures a niche a niche market of older folks. Um, older folks who have seen, captured, or smelled a Bigfoot or been abducted by time-traveling Atlanteans who just need some love like the rest of us. Whoa. And if you could see Doc's face right now. We're going to connect <laughs> these people together. <laughs> Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Holy I, cow. I needed a picture of that oh. face. Um, so that I brings- smelled a Bigfoot. <laughs> and then the other one's like, but aliens abducted me. Let's hook up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, so that brings on the next question, right? What kind of people are looking for love out there? Will they be human? Oh, that was <laughs> are they going to be other things? Are there going to be vampires and werewolves? Um, are there off-world species? Um, is this how the lady met up her ghost pirate? The pirate was, ghost. It on the, was it on the dating site? We just don't know. So I'm not intending to promote this site, but man, morbid curiosity is getting to me here. Uh, when this goes live, can you let me know? Will other creatures find that <laughs> someone special without having to brave daylight, pitchforks, and torches? You can just hop on the internet. Wow. What was the name of the site again? Hop on the internet. Um... Actually, this article doesn't say. uh, Still a work in progress, I think, guys. (laughs) Since 2015. Yeah. Well, I mean, they already almost admitted defeat by saying this is going to be like a magic club. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) um, like I said, this this article is six years old, so I don't know how the dating website has been. It's probably worth a Google. I'm going to take a look. (laughs) (laughs) So if you see Doc on the dating website. (laughs) Only supernatural. Oh my goodness, that was an amazing bucket list. Kind of got you. Kind of got a two for there because I could not decide which. So I thought, eh, they're short. We'll do both. All right. Last but not least, get your supernatural hour swag at advancedparanormal.com. We've got all sorts of things. We've got stickers and mugs and hats and tapestries. I didn't say this time. I'll let you say it. I beat you to the punch. I Uh, I have to share the tapestry love. I do like my Supernatural Hour mug. I never bring it here, but I use it at home a lot. Awesome. I should bring it. I keep saying that. And then you need to check out advancedparanormal.com if you haven't been there for a while. Because we have our own line of sprays. And they actually kind of sold like hotcakes at our booth at at the... Paranormal or at the Family Fun Fair. Yes. And then hit us up on YouTube. We are only... Four subscribers away from having a real name that's not 100 miles long. So if you've hit the subscribe button, awesome. We love you. If you haven't, you want some love too. So go hit that subscribe button and get your family too as well. If we can get four more. Four more? Four more. Four more. We're almost there. And then we've talked about it quite a bit already today, so I won't beat it. But TikTok 
and Instagram. Um, I try to post something up there at least once a week, sometimes more. So go give that a look because sometimes they're fun, sometimes they're dorky, but hey, that's the world of TikTok. Sometimes we're even live. Alrighty, and then absolute last but not least is just some of the friends of Supernatural Hour and Advanced Paranormal. And we just really appreciate <laughs> these folks for the help that they give us. The Barbary Coast, of course, where we're going to be going on the 19th. There's Dalton's and Oteo's. Wonderful food. Awesome food if you haven't had a chance to go down there. Dalton's in Payson. Um, Oteo's is in Orem. London and Orem. They, they have two locations. Castle's Nature Studio. Not only does he do nature, but he now does portraits. Um, I actually think he changed the name. I think it might just be Castle Studio. I need to I need to hit him up and see what he's calling it nowadays, but he's doing some portraits. Boar, which is the off-road backcountry off-road adventure rally. I had to write it down because unicorn. Rescue Pets Bathhouse featuring Utah Freeze Dried for Pets. I make Rogue do that because she owns it, so she gets to do her own commercial. Can I'd I? screw it up, and then she'd give me side right. eye. <laughs> I love my pets. I love your pets. Come see us. All right. I think that's a wrap for tonight. Stay spooky, my haunty friends. Have a good one. Hey, good night. I love you, Nicholas. You've been listening to The Supernatural Hour at AdvancedParanormal.com. The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network found at RadioRonin.com. Copyright 2021 by Advanced Paranormal Services.